0: And we're not talking during these sessions, right? Like I hold uh, air quotes, people's kidneys and brain stems, then their nervous system gets to have an embodied sense of safety. And the more that we do that, the more that that new nervous system pattern gets integrated, right? So the key word that you brought up that made me just, you know, basically like sizzle and squiggle in my seat is integration. Because talking is just skills. And that's not a bad thing. I think clients need those. But the integration at the body level is
1: where it's all at. Welcome to Therapist Expanded, where we start a mental health revolution by living our dreams fully and freely beyond industry conditioning and taking every client with us, because we'll only take them as far as we've gone. So join me, your host, Aaron Gibb, and my trailblazing guests, and be revolutionary by expanding your mind and your life to your freest and fullest potential. Hello, revolutionaries. I just want to let you all know what I hope you already know, but if you don't, I hope you can hear this. You are amazing and you are doing the most important work I can think of in the world, both in supporting the growth of humanity, but in Listening to this, I have a feeling you're also looking to be fulfilled. And this episode is like a song to my whole being. Myra is an incredible person. And I really hope that the vibes of what we're talking about translates and that you feel it. I just wanted to also say that I am filled with gratitude that you're here listening. Thank you. This podcast wouldn't be possible if there weren't listeners out there ready to hear this message. And I've been getting feedback lately from people saying how this podcast is touching them. And that's my purpose in doing this. I think I mentioned in another podcast episode many of the the themes here that are going to keep unfolding. These were going to be things I would put into a paid course. And What came to me was that, no, the mental health revolution I want to see is to first start with putting this free content out to the world. And I knew it would be important, but I didn't know how it would touch me and how it would touch others. So I am filled with the kind of gratitude that's welling up in me. And I could cry right here in this intro. It may happen. I'm going to let it be there. Today, I'm interviewing Myra. You're going to hear her incredible wisdom, and in the show notes, you're going to be able to learn more about the program she talks about, her group practice, anything else that will help you be in her sphere and uh bask in what she's doing in the world In the show notes, you're also going to find links to my Monday Mind ups, which you know I've talked about before. It's a way to get this kind of transmission to shift any mindset blocks and get you thinking and choosing cuz decision is the thing. Also in the show notes you can find links to my Facebook where there's a conversation there and I'm loving I'm loving it more than I thought I ever would. It's a creative chance to share. Also my newly created Instagram. I've been getting some support around that and it's very exciting feeling the energy of someone infused into what I'm doing. Uh, someone who shares a mission is helping me with that now. I'm grateful. So I'm grateful for all of you. And I really hope that this episode lights something up in you. So without further ado, here's my episode with Myra Holzman. Myra, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Erin, I am
0: thrilled from the first introduction and then our little email back and forth. I was like, yeah, me and You definitely need to connect. So thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. And I love the magic that brought us together, which is another lovely podcaster who knew. Yeah, she knew. Yeah, Yeah, she
0: really did. She said it almost immediately, like somewhere through the podcast. She's like, I should really connect you to Aaron Gibb. And I'm like, yeah, you probably should. And then, you know, we had our little
1: magical email communication and here we are. I love it. Okay. So, I always start with the question tell us about yourself, your work, and your passions in the field. Yeah, this is a great
0: question. Obviously, I'm a psychotherapist. I have a practice in Denver, Colorado called Somatic Therapy Partners. And the focus of our practice is mainly working with trauma and anxiety. Specifically, what we do is we use a therapeutic touch method called, or a therapeutic touch approach called co-regulating touch. Most of the clients that I see that I have in my part of the practice, I use that therapeutic touch form to help heal early trauma. That's really what my specialty is about. You know, I've been a therapist for almost 20 years. I've loved being a therapist. I've worked with eating disorders. I worked with the chronically and persistently mentally ill. I've worked with veterans. And when I started getting trained in co-regulating touch methods through a course called Somatic Resilience and Regulation led by Kathy Kane and Stephen Terrell. It was like dropping into my purpose and passion that I didn't even know that wasn't as fully alive and present as it is now. If you're asking about what my passion is, my passion is serving clients using therapeutic touch methods to deeply heal the nervous system from the impacts of early trauma. The whole vision of my practice is to end the impacts of intergenerational trauma. I come from a traumatic background. My parents are the same. And my job as a human and as a therapist is to make sure that I don't pass on those same qualities of relating to another and ways of being that are going to basically carry on traumatic responses or survival energy in the person's body. My purpose and passion are pretty well intertwined. They're a little different, as I'm sure you know, but they're really well intertwined. And I love the work I do. I work with amazing clients. I see really beautiful, amazing results that I never really saw in the previous 10 years of my life as a therapist doing a lot of you know, talk therapy methods. There it is.
1: Oh. My whole body is like alive with tingles. Uh, I'm just... There is so much I could say, but it was like, as you were speaking, my whole system was alive with feeling your passion, feeling the resonance of your work, and it's interesting because we didn't do any prep for this, and we were talking about this earlier. we just knew, but my specialty when I was seeing clients now I mostly work with therapists, but when I was seeing clients, early trauma dissociation oh, yeah. Yeah, early trauma, dissociation, complex trauma. I know, mind blowing. I and didn't know that about you. Yeah. It's because I found that when people would come to me, my ideal client was someone who'd been in therapy a long time, but really, yeah, yeah, you're pointing to yourself, but really kept saying, like, there's something missing. And I still have, and I've done, one lady said to me, I've done 30 years of trauma work and I seriously have possibly paid for a house for one of my therapists. And I was like, wow. She said, I have all these skills and I have all of these self-help things, but when I get triggered, they're gone. And it was this lack of integration yes. and her nervous system. So as an aside, our clinic does the safe and sound protocol. You know it?
0: Yeah, I know yeah. that protocol. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a
1: great one. And so once we did the early trauma work, that was, it. She, that was, was like, it. she was like, I thought you were full of it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. She was, you know, pretty angry at therapy by that point but she called me three months into our work and said everything you said would happen has happened uh I am now like I, she didn't need me anymore and that was the beautiful thing but that early trauma piece was the thing I found that was missing every time this nonverbal, preverbal, pre-verbal the need for an experiential method because talk yes. just can't reach there it just
0: can't I mean it's I mean, my body is now tingling and lighting up hearing you talk about this because I don't meet, apart from when I go to trainings, clinicians who are sort of steeped in using really deeply experiential, really bottom-up processes. I mean, even I'm trained as a Somatic Experiencing practitioner, and that's still a top-down process because you know you're inviting clients to track their body and notice and all of these things, but with touch and with things like the Safe and Sound protocol. What we're really doing is we're coming underneath the level of consciousness and we are helping to not just rewire but heal a nervous system as you well know that didn't get all of its needs met and so got wired to stay and fight flight and freeze and it is a tremendous protocol it is it's game changing I love the story that you just shared about your client because again I see my clients really shift and transform and we're not talking during these sessions right like when I'm you know, I hold, I hold uh, air quotes, people's kidneys and brain stems, then their nervous system gets to have an embodied sense of safety. And the more that we do that, the more that that new nervous system pattern gets integrated, right? So the key word that you brought up that made me just, you know, basically like sizzle and squiggle in my seed is integration because talking is just skills and that's not a bad thing. I think clients need those. But the integration at the body level is where it's all at, right? Regulation in my world is everything. Like once you've got a regulated nervous system, you can do anything. Like you, the whole world becomes available to you like a big buffet.
1: Oh, that's what we find with, as an aside, what I would do with people would, the SSP was a compliment, but it was like, um, for anyone listening who does EMDR, if you don't know the early trauma protocol, I'm going to highly recommend it. It's different. Um, you go through long periods of time, no talking, and you're just going back through those developmental stages, and the person's whole system will do it. They're like, I don't know how we're doing this. It's good. It's like, yeah, good, good, good. Don't think about it. <laughs> See what happens. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. And differently than normal EMDR, it's like the pe- person needs the neurochemical experience and the experience of. You had the need met, even if it wasn't then it's now you're getting the need met and feel it. And the person is, oh, I'm getting so many goosebumps, but for the SSP, it's what people say because it's unconscious. And so people can't track the, like this thing happened. And then this thing happened and I got well, they often say, I don't even know if the SSP helped me. But one thing I know is my life is so much easier, which is, I think what you're saying when we're in this balanced nervous system the world is our buffet and it's so easy and i do a lot of consciousness and spiritual work and it's like the Mm. the fascinating research is showing how this consciousness spiritual work is changing the the epigenetic expression but the the way it's doing it is through the autonomic nervous system that's the bridge between the matter and the consciousness so it's like no matter how you slice it we need to get that nervous system component and early trauma is the place where people can't name. How did it get dysregulated? Where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah.
0: One of the things I love that you just said was you said something like, yeah, the body will do it. And that's the whole jam. I mean, as a, you know, as a trained somatic experiencing practitioner, we're taught to trust the wisdom of the body And sometimes I will find that clients are practicing, not not that they're doing too many self-regulation skills, but what I tell my clients is that over time, you don't have to need those. They're good backups, but if you really start learning to trust trust your body and you have an embodied sense of safety your body will bring you right out of those distressing patterns. It will bring you right out of the upset and you will come back into what's called the window of tolerance where you're just sort of flowing with life. And what I tell clients to look forward to is look forward to the day when you just naturally know to do the next right thing or that you don't do anything at all. And your body's like, I got you. And then your body can take the deep breath or you can pivot and say the more heart centered thing or connect to your resources, right? Because we're not supposed to be skillfully acting all the time. And I mean that in the best way possible. So yeah, if the body can do it, which we can, which it can, and you and I know that it can, then part of the process is about learning to trust your body to bring you out of those distressful uh, states and patterns. So that was genius. I mean, again, I'm chuckling because I, I feel like I'm kind of twinning out, like I'm kind of fangirling with you right now because I'm like, yes. That's right. We're talking the exact same language. So it's really lovely.
1: Feeling is totally mutual. And yeah. when when uh, my business partner and I are, are bringing people on in our team, the thing we make clear is we've set up a really exp- experiential place. We've got playrooms for adults, playrooms for kids, experiential spaces. We're gifted and just like blessed and we've put our heart into it. It was a mission that was bigger than us. But the thing we say is, When the therapist wants to join us, we're not attached to what exactly they want to do. That's theirs. And they need the agency to follow what's their deepest dream and desire. We don't want to be like an agency. I worked for the government and it was, you know, all the things that are, no, thank you. We learned that complete autonomy to do that. They, they're contractors, so they said everything. But the one thing we say is how we know we're aligned is the understanding that the person heals themselves. And that that healing is from the roots, not the fruits, and it's this, Ooh. yeah, because we could pick fruits forever, and we know how yeah. that goes—they grow back because that top-down approach. For some, it works, but that's—we're not talking about trauma then, in my opinion. We're we're Agreed. talking about um, you know different things going on in the meaning system. Yes, when we're talking about anything. Like trauma, it's the roots and the fruits change, and they change in the way you're describing. It's organic. It's from within. When we we do this family model for the SSP, where we try to bring families in so that the co-regulator is a parent, but we we do the co-regulation first with the parent. We give them the SSP. We help them through it so that they can bond more as a family and become a safe unit. And so. What happens is that the parent, when they first come in, you know, like, I love them, but they're from a traditional model of its behavior, the child's behavior. And it's like, if they understand the branches of the nervous system, when we're in ventral vagal, necessarily, we just act in the way that's socially desirable and we feel great. It just, that's right. Yeah. It well springs out of it. It just, that's That's the way. So if they're not doing the things if they're, you know, acting out whatever, you know, I'm using air quotes, it's because they're not in ventral. Every That's single right. undesirable human behavior, just look at the prisons. It's filled with people who went into rage generally by yes. flight. And so parents kind of get it. And they're like, all right, you're the professional. We'll see. And then they do the SSP and they're like, Oh yeah. Like I'm not the yelling mom anymore. And they, I've seen them even get compassion for themselves because, of course, the yelling mom comes from being in fight flight. That's right. It's generated out of it. It's one of the behaviors that just comes out of being in that nervous system state. Not a choice. None of us would make that choice.
0: Hmm. I mean, you're just speaking such like Bible truth to me, like my whole body's settling I'm also really clear. I probably need to talk to you about your playroom so that I can set that up in my own uh,
1: in my own practice. That sounds amazing. Oh, incredible! Well, what a gift! Like, yeah. Oh, oh, I just feel that. Feel the love. Part of this mission for me is just putting things out there and seeing how that spreads. Like, I one of the reasons I work with therapists is because I filled up fast as an individual practitioner, and there were so many especially complex clients who were like, I heard about your work. I got to see you. And then I was turning them away into the wind and that didn't feel good. So I thought I'm going to train. And now there's this aspect. And I joined with someone who's a play therapist, same, we're training. And the thing was now that I work with therapists, it's like the exponential impact each therapist. And it brings me, it's like, it's my, my life purpose, man, that is
0: amazing. I mean, I. You know, my business coach has been telling me for two years, she's like, Myra, you need to start training. Like what you do is really special. It's really important. You know, every time I get on a podcast, I'm talking about my teachers because that's what they're doing is they're disseminating this really like heart centered, soulful information so that all of these therapists that get trained under co-regulating touch, you know, the somatic way can go ahead and do that. And it's interesting that you mentioned working with therapists, because that's one of the ways that I'm starting to pivot in my own practice. I love my individual work with clients. I love the one-to-one work of doing co-regulating touch. And I'm also really looking forward to helping more therapists thrive. So that's one of the programs is that I'm creating and it's, you know, morethrivingtherapist.com is, and you and I, I think even talked about it, like in our email together about being a thriving therapist isn't just about making more money, but it's about being really deeply fulfilled in your career beyond just the scope of what's traditional, right? In our field, traditional is one-to-one therapy. And then after that, you maybe open up a group practice if you get full. And I have the same experience. I got full really fast and I kept turning people away. So then I decided to open a group practice. And I want therapists to really have... And I'm sure you can relate a sense that they can have a really deeply fulfilling and meaningful career. Right. So, my tagline of my program is do good, live large. More thriving therapists need to do good and live large because that's really what we're wired to do. So, I love that you are in the field of training and helping other therapists figure out how to be more of who they are in their career, as well as serve clients in a deep and soul centric way.
1: Oh, yeah. I would love to hear some more details about your program and just say that why this is so meaningful to me is we need this message because it is so incredibly easy to fall into the system. And we have been, oh, I'm getting goosebumps. I just did an interview last night with this beautiful person in our team to see if she wants to move from an intern to being perhaps, you know, a contractor that stays by the end, she was in tears because of just how deeply ingrained the systemic trauma has been for her. And I yeah. can relate and I see it. And also it's invisible. It's insidious. It's this hierarchical thinking, this earning your worth. It's just, it's so counterintuitive to what we do. And it's, no, it's not a therapist's fault. It's just we're taught to be disempowered and to have these handcuffs on that we don't even necessarily know are there. Ooh, I love this, and I just want to let the listeners know that like Myra and I are making all these hand gestures because you know podcasts. It's just like the energy's got to go somewhere, and uh, yeah, we're vibing, and it's we're vibing, we're vibing, we're vibing, yeah. and it's this this beautiful thing I'm seeing as you're putting out the the message I believe in is. We have to go for our full fulfillment. And that changes the lives of our clients more than we could ever imagine. A thousand percent. Oh, change, oh it changes the world. Yeah. But I we're agree. somehow we're taught, and there's many factors, we're taught to be disempowered as therapists. And yet our business is empowerment.
0: I love how you say that with such simplicity and clarity because it just lands like big in my chest, like this awesome like love bomb. Like, yes. That is true. And how, I mean, that's why I'm create, that's why I wanted to create this business coaching program. And, you know, I'm not a business coach in the traditional sense because I don't have a marketing background. And I, you know, but over the course of my time and in investing as, in myself as a therapist, as well as a business person, there are so many narratives that I've had to debunk. So one of the things that's happening right now in my practice is we are interviewing for new people to come and join our team. And so I had this really lovely interview with this newly graduated clinician last, uh, she graduated last year and she asked this lovely question. I thought it was one of the best questions. And she said, what advice would you give to someone who is in my position just starting out their career? Because I'm 20 plus years into my career. And I said a couple things and, you know, and it, it felt right. And then I thought a little bit longer and I said, dream bigger. And she looked at me and she's like, she just sort of paused and I sort of paused and I was like, and I gave her the example of being in solo practice and within six months hitting every metric I wanted. I was charging what I wanted. I had a wait list. I, you know, all those, those sort of metrics that especially beginning clinicians start to look for. And I realized that when I hit those metrics in those six months, I had not dreamed beyond that. And no one in my field, no one in our field ever said to me, you know what, Myra? You can do so many things besides just individual therapy. You could public speak, you could run retreats. you know like as you know, there are so many ways to serve in small and big ways, and I really meant it, and I almost got tearful during that part of the interview. It was right at the end, and I was like, "Yeah, my dear, dream bigger because no one in our field will tell you that, and so i 'm going to tell you because no one told me, and i I hit my ceiling of, of how much abundance I could have. And now I'm in the process and practice of, okay, so how do I dream bigger? Right? Like what happens beyond my group psychotherapy practice and my, my coaching program. And it's not that I need to always get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's not what I'm talking about. But one of the things about launching this business coaching program for therapists is that it's fulfilling for me, right? That's the live large part of my career is like, I really want to help Clinicians understand that not only can you charge premium fees and all of these kinds of things, but you can be really fulfilled versus burned out and backed into a corner of what your one role in your career is supposed to be. And I don't think people know that. And of course, we don't learn that in graduate school because we've
1: got to take all of these basic courses, right? Mic drop exactly the synchronicity of that last night the three people we interviewed our interns who were talking about are you staying on with us was this this was their like home play was this dream like dream bigger honestly it wasn't the exact words but it was like we heard the limits and of course we had them too. They're freshly indoctrinated and they're in the indoctrination they're they're at school still. And so it's like, you can hear it, all the limits. And for each of them, it was like, go home, do whatever, whenever you want, just go for it. Dream, dream bigger. I can't, I can't help but hear your words. It was like your best life, like more than that. Forget all of the conditions that you think would limit you and all of the conditioning. And I know that that's not an easy process. For me, that's where this work goes into the programs I'll be doing, but it's about, because that's how I did it. I was with a coach and I already thought I was dreaming really big. I'm a pretty big dreamer. I love limitlessness. Every limit I find, I'm like, oh, that's a story. Yay. (laughs) I get to just say goodbye to you and integrate you. Like I get pumped about like, ooh, there's a fear. Because I love, To recognize my limits and realize none of them are real. But with the coach, I went so deep into my dream beyond what I would have thought was ever even possible. I didn't know I had those limits. And that's where Therapist Expanded came up. That's right. And it was this certain way of being that allowed me to access something in the in the field, I think of it in the field of consciousness, that it was able to drop in for me. So oh. And I know, like, I'm just vibing. There's not much I can say. It's it's somatic and it's energetic. I'd love to hear some highlights of your program. The two main highlights, I think, that are different than a lot of coaching
0: programs that I participated in. One is I really try to focus on soul alignment. I mean, we've been talking soul this whole conversation, in my opinion. And when you have a soul aligned business, right? Versus an ego one. And I learned this the hard way because when I opened up my private, when I opened up my group practice, I remember telling my small team, I was like, we're going to be a seven figure business. And we're going to, do it. we're going to have all these um, locations and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And that path for me anyways, means burnout. It means grinding. It means hustling way too hard. And I had to really learn the hard way because that's actually how I learned. Like, yeah, that sounds really nice. And if we get there, great and for right now that that doesn't actually that isn't what speaks to my soul what speaks to my soul is being really fulfilled in my career and watching the tendrils of my own joy seep out into the people that I work with we have a beautiful culture of working together at somatic therapy partners and also with my clients my clients really feel the love care and joy that I express with them and share with them right yeah that's one thing is the soul alignment piece And then the other thing is because I'm somatically trained and so many of our limiting beliefs, of course, have a somatic pattern to it. So quick example, I was working with a client yesterday who has a lot of negative self-talk about getting angry and she had gotten really angry with her partner and she acted out and she came in and she's like, it was so inappropriate and this and that. And I asked her, I said, so if there wasn't any judgment about how you showed up. And I'm not advocating that you yell at your spouse or, you know, whatever it is, but what's the wisdom of your body in that? And what's that feel like for you when you take away the narrative part? And she looked at me with this big smile and she's like, I feel really happy with what I did because what it's really about is standing up for myself with my partner. And I just was like, here's the mic drop for you. And so when I asked her to notice feeling good about it, her her like. Her upper body got really still and her shoulders kind of caved in a little bit, right? And I said, I just want you to practice. And I gave this, I I showed her the opposite of the movement, right? So I slowly, you know, pulled my shoulders back, lifted my chest forward, and dropped my shoulders down. And I said, now I want you to practice listening to yourself, feeling happy about standing up for yourself from this place. Now she couldn't quite get there, but the somatic piece of how we hold our bodies related to our narratives is a big piece. And especially for therapists that are not somatically trained, in my opinion, that's a huge game changer. It's a door that they can walk through and be like, oh, I get to be more fully myself versus basically being contracted and playing small, right? So there's other components, but those are the two highlights of it is working on really helping clinicians create a soul aligned practice and how to start listening to soul and how soul speaks because soul isn't that cognitive, you know, it's imagery, it's metaphor. It's sensation. It's like these sort of like, you know, non-cognitive, non-linear things that we tap into. And then the other piece of incorp basically incorporating somatics so that they can be a leader not just in their practice and in the practice that they want to create, but also in life. So those are the two main components. There's two other components, but those are the main ones that I really want to talk about because basically I'm wanting to share with other clinicians the path that I have taken personally and I know works for me because I'm in a place where. I'm charging premium fees. I've got, we've got a wait list that's just way too long. I'm getting to do the things that I want to do. And I've got enough energy, resilience, and resourcing to be able to explore these other avenues of being fulfilled in my career, like this business coaching program, like podcasting, like, you know, eventually maybe running retreats or being a public speaker. Those are all really exciting things for me. And I can't get to that excitement, and I can't explore that curiosity if I'm burned out and stuck in old, limiting, old fashioned narratives of who I need to be as a therapist. Oh, yeah,
1: (laughs) Uh, that's what I. uh, Yes, yes, big yes. I feel like there's a yes being sky written above my head. Yep. And again, I am a believer in synchronicities. I literally had a session yesterday with a supervisee where it was all about the how embodiment is. Another door in, right? The, the becoming aware of the body when something spontaneously arises, it's like this body pattern. Can you give it a name? Can you give it a keyword? Because many people go in through the mind and the beliefs. It's like actually assume the body position and wait. And the body position links into the all the other stuff. A thousand percent. And yeah. she was practicing this and she's going to use it with clients. But it was astounding to her as a therapist who's been trained in the traditional ways how that's actually just a root in there doesn't need to be any talk you remember it you have a visual you have a cue word could be feeling anything could be that's in anything right. and you assume the position and just wait and the body mm-hmm. accesses that entire network of the delighting and the openness and the whatever original feelings or networks are tied to that yeah so i saw that in my mind as you were speaking and i know how powerful that work is and how therapists are often missing that it can be even that simple for me I do somatic experiencing as well some of the pieces and it's like how that doorway in is fast actually and I am I am a a lover of systems as well and my I'm a strategic mind Mm. I don't know if you know human design but, I've heard of it. I don't know a
0: lot about it, but I have friends yeah. that do it. It's supposed to. I mean, it looks amazing.
1: It's really interesting, and they talk about reflective mind and strategic mind. And I'm strategic minded, so I love efficiency. It's just I. Mm. I'm just. I'm wired that way, and so, to anyone who's listening, who's like, I'm not sure about bottom up. Oh baby, bottom oh, up baby. processes are efficient. If you want, so it seems so strange that that's like the the left brain and the the right brain coming together, but it's. They are fast, not in an uncomfortable way, because for trauma work, often slower is faster, but they're Correct. they're the roots. And so if your program can even give that to one person who doesn't believe in that or doesn't, hasn't been trained in that, then yeah. my goodness, and I know it'll be more than one person, Myra, but that in itself is changing the world. In such meaningful ways, I see a ripple. I see an exponential effect of the work you're doing. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I I agree
0: with you because again, and I'm sure that you are the same way. I'm I have literally practiced what I'm preaching like every day, all day long. Like even when I was creating the course, I remember being like, okay, Myra, you've done all of these things, and you're a little bit rusty on doing some of these practices, right? Are how you looking at your limiting beliefs? Because I got truth be told, stalled out for three months trying to create, trying to launch this course because I was like, I can't do this. And I just, you know, procrastination was my thing. It was my fear-based response to being like, who am I to do this? And I remember talking to my launch coach and I'm just like, I'm stalled. I can't figure this out. And he kind of chuckled and he said, Myra, aren't you living the thing that you're selling? Like, aren't you currently, again, charging premium fees. You have a practice that you love. It's, you know, you're not feeling burned out. Like I i don't, I don't do burnout anymore, quite frankly. Burnout and overwhelm, sometimes a little bit, but burnout, just not in my field anymore because I'm, especially these days in the last year, I've been really obsessed with soul and soul alignment. And if it's out of alignment, then I can't do it, right? And just because I can doesn't mean I should is one of my favorite mantras. And I've used that for years. And my body literally will be like, no, you can't, like, no way I'll be, you know, there's all the symptoms of me being out of alignment and for clinicians at every level of their career whether they're first you know they're just starting out mid level or like like sort of senior level or mastery level it's really important that you know how to really listen to your body and especially listen to the soul that is all, always whispering and sometimes even yelling to get you to be into alignment so that you can deeply thrive because i think well not i think a lot of what my clients see with me is not just their own transformation but they're experiencing a clinician who is thriving. I don't have to say that. They don't. I never. It's not like I'm like, yeah, I'm thriving. It's just like they know it, they see it, they feel it. They. It's just a. It's in the field. It's in the field of consciousness. Consciousness between us, and I always say to them, I'm not special in that way. If I can do it, if I can hurl heal from early trauma, then you can too. So let's get
1: to it. You putting the footprints out in the field. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. The it's in the field. You don't even have to say it. That's what I mean when I say therapists going after their deepest fulfillment is a mental health revolution because we'll move clients further just by what we've done. We can only, I love the Jungian saying of we'll only take clients as far as we've gone because it's in the frequency around us. It's in the, it's in the knowing, it's in the, all the different spaces and places of being a human that it is only available. And I've actually seen it in supervision, how therapists can't explain why they avoided certain topics, for example, from a cognitive thing, they can't explain it. But when they look into it, they're like, oh, that's just not healed for me. I didn't even catch that. I didn't even think to go there. It wasn't available for me. That was not downloaded into my programming, into my system to even think to go and do that intervention which now I understand as you're saying it they're usually like well yeah well because they they hadn't expanded into that area no judgment but we really can only take people in all aspects of humanity as far as we've gone And it's beautiful the way you're framing it and so you've answered the last question I usually ask about like <laughs> a place where you were like oh I'm freaking out and I did it anyway so yeah. I have one last question for you, just respecting your time. And ooh, I'm just so thrilled you're here. But oh, I want to be respectful. Thank you. You're welcome. My last question is, what does mental health revolution mean to you? Yeah.
0: Mental health revolution means to me, and I've talked about it already, but I'll reiterate it, is this full alignment with our truest and highest self. Where this comes from is I had a business coach who who uses this work style assessment called the parents Survey. And one of the concepts in the survey is something called self-alignment. And the definition of self-alignment is how close you come without being perfectionist or rigid, but how close you come to expressing and behaving and living in integrity with your most ideal self. And when I read the metric on that and my score on that, I was like, oh, this is, this is important because I know what alignment feels like in my body. And for your listeners, they can't see me, but my hand, my thumb is is pointing towards my chest and there's a, I'm moving my hand down basically from my forehead into the core of my body. And there's a feeling, there's a, I call it the central core. And I do central core work with my clients where it's like, if we can get all of this really in soulful alignment right? So mind, body, spirit, I know we talk, people all the time are talking about the mind, body, spirit connection. The truth is, is they're all one frame. It's all unified. So if your body is dysregulated and you've got a lot of, you know, dis-ease or malaise, then your mind is going to follow. So it's always connected, right? And so if we can help the body become more regulated, as you well know, then of course the mind is going to do the same thing. It's going to follow suit. We're going to have more positive and kind self-regard. We're gonna you know, view the world as a safe place that we can take risks in and, and try all of these things. So to me, the mental health revolution is about bringing the whole unified self connected to soul, spirit, source, God, angels, whatever word you wanna use and bringing that fully to bear in our lives for the best and highest good of all, including self, right? So I say that because a lot of therapists are self-sacrificing. And that's not a mental health revolution. That's indoctrination. You said that word earlier, and I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what happens. We get indoctrinated that scarcity, fear, and lack are what we can expect. And it's, it's also in our conditioning. I grew up in a family like that, and it's, it's like that in the world. So to me, the mental health revolution is more of like a whole self-revolution, right? How do we get all of these things operating from the, from the place of soul, So, that we can step forward and really make changes in the world that we really need right now. We need more kindness. We need more compassion. We need more patience. And especially here in America, we need redemption, right? For people who have not done their work and they make these massive mistakes, we need to find a way to create what's called a redemption arc, right? So, I'm sort of riffing right now, but. That's my answer to your question about what mental health revolution really is. Is like whole self stepping into soul alignment.
1: There is nothing I can add to that. I am (laughs) just blessed to be here with you and cannot actually believe the alignment with you and I and how magic and mystery to me brought us together. And I am just knowing that this is going to touch people. For listening. So Myra, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and letting me be here with you. It's been really, truly special, and magical. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Therapist Expanded. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast to help more of our colleagues join the revolution.